Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, one and all. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one show on the internet where we go over all things fantasy, sci-fi, movies, TV, space lasers, space worms, robots, swords, horses, Pegasi, and anything else that we feel like talking about. I'm Dan Selke of WinnersComing.net. Here with Daniel Roman of WinnersComing.net. How are you doing? Hello, Daniel hello. WinnersComing.net. Uh, I'm doing spectacularly, as always, even more spectacularly than usual because I'm in the, the dungeon of the library and they have better internet than me. Uh, but yeah, I'm psyched. We've got cool, cool stuff to talk about. How are you, Dan? So good. You know why I'm so good? Partly because I got to see Dune Part 2 early the other night, and I have the Ooh. tote bag to prove it. Ooh, Ooh that's nice. It's, you know what? You know what? It's sand colored. That's legit. Yeah, it's also like canvas bag colored, so they would have to just do nothing they could claim, but it's on theme. Um, I you won't say they, use it, they'd have to do nothing. <laughs> they will have to do <laughs> nothing and all their different control. <laughs> but yeah, I saw Dune Part 2. We're going to talk about that because that opens uh, this yes. Friday and might be one of the biggest movies of the year if things are going well. Um, we're going to talk about Probably. Avatar The Last Airbender, this new show that dropped on Netflix the other week. It had a lot of buzz around it. But first, as always... Why don't we start in Westeros? Because it seems like every week yes. there is something new to talk about. We'll go through the Westeros portion fairly quickly here because I want to get to Dune and this other big stuff we're going to talk about. But we have to hit it. We got to go to the Seven Kingdoms really, we really do. quick. And by necessary. the way, it's necessary. Thanks to everyone who is watching. Good to see you. Fantasy mm -hmm. fan. It's excited for Dune Part 2, as are we all. Martha, hey. Robert, hey. Andrew can't watch this week because he's going to see Dune Part 2 in IMAX this Saturday. But wanted to say hi. Hello. And Ben Jack tried an hour in IMAX the weekend. Yeah. I will say in IMAX. Me too, Ben this, Jack. I'm I'm doing that too. I'm driving an hour to see it in IMAX. Worth it, I bet. Is it worth it, it Dan? I'll talk about it later, but yeah. I saw okay. it in IMAX. And yeah, this what one of the things that's fun about this movie is that unlike a lot of movies, director Denny Villeneuve thinks movies are corrupted by TV. This one does feel like it was designed to be seen on the biggest screen possible. You're getting a better experience yeah. if you go to this than, than if you went to, say, you could probably see the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes at home and be okay. But uh, <laughs> Dune Part 2, I think it would benefit because of the beautiful photography machine in a giant screen. So whoever's doing that, could yeah. you enjoy it. But okay, first, before we get into all things Dune, all things Sam, gets everywhere, I love it. Uh, let's swing by Westeros and uh, yeah. reveal that we might have a release week for House of the Dragon season two. And I know this because I am a conspiracy theorist and I pieced together errant things Ooh. people have said and determined that it can only mean that House of the Dragon season two will drop in uh, the last week of June between Thursday, June 20th and Sunday, June 30th. How do I know that? Because I'm crazy. Here, uh, listen yeah. to me. David What's Zaslav, the logic? 
Okay, the logic is this, and it's unassailable. David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Bros. Discovery, which owns Warner Bros., which owns HBO, which makes House of the Dragon coming together. Okay, okay. It's going to be out next quarter on a recent earnings call, right? Follow me here. There, you got it. Um, Next quarter is April through June, as the first quarter is January Mm. through March. You know, the year is divided into four quarters. You get it. Um, We've also heard various people at this point say that House of the Dragon season two coming in early summer this year. That's true. It's true. Summer starts on June 20th. So it's simple, Daniel. All you have to do (gasps) is see where summer 2024 overlaps with the second quarter of the year. And it overlaps for 10 days Mm. between Thursday, June 20th, and Sunday, June 20th, that is both the summer, which we're told it's going to be in, and the second quarter, which Zaslav said it's going to be in, ergo, it must drop between those two days. Check. Okay. Hey, I feel about that? I feel like that is some pretty good tinfoil hats research i don't even tinfoil hat is doing a disservice to to the thoroughness of this i think that is pretty fair i think there's a chance maybe it could show up early like it depends i guess on how literal casey blois who i think is the person who said early summer how literal he was being about the actual solstice uh start date (laughs) of the summer or if he just considers june the beginning of the summer but uh I think either way that what we have heard makes it sound like June and probably like mid to late June is, is a pretty strong possibility, uh, which I'm surprised. I I guess if that's the case, we're probably going to find out for sure sometime soon. Right. Because that's only a few months from now for them to not have announced any release date yet. They are doing reshoots. I was sort of waiting to get one done with those. I mean, at That's the end of the true. day, people are just kind of talking. I, it, just because Zaslav yeah. says the second quarter doesn't mean it can't be pushed. Just because they say summer doesn't, we don't know where in the summer. I I think yeah. it's fun to kind of make all the things line up and uh, make it make it work. But really, it's it's not a guarantee. But also, yeah. that's when it's going to happen, and I will bet money <laughs> on that. Don't ask and me you how heard much. It here first, it's 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 none of your business. Zaslav also said that uh, the next Game of Thrones spinoff series, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, The Hedge Knight, coming in late 2025, which uh, about tracks. Okay. They're going to film. They're supposed to be filming that this year. Um, and again, I'm OK with them getting on a new season of a Game of Thrones show every year back and forth. And that is all I'm OK with. And we'll just Same. see how that goes. Um. And finally, before we move on, we have to ad- briefly address this interesting... The dragon in the room? I mean, we're, we're talking about House of Dragon already. But, uh, oh, okay. Sorry. I don't mean to crap on your turns of phrase, Daniel. I'm sorry. It was very nice. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we, we, we have to address this interesting interview with Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and Dan Weiss, where they're talking about their new sci-fi show, Three Body Problem, which I just got screeners for officially, by the way. It actually works great. Cool. Which I'm very happy. Thank you, Netflix. Love you. Um, Where they were talking to the Wall Street Journal about Three Body Problem, about their careers, and about um, kind of the last days of Game of Thrones. And they told this story about how Warner Bros., which is one of these companies caught up in the endless hot potato of corporate America, where they just sold from one person Mm -hmm. to the next. And they used to be independent. Then they were bought by AT&T for a brief period toward the end of Game of Thrones. Now they're, own, now they're Warner Bros. Discovery because AT&T spun them off and sold them to David Zaslav. And that during the AT&T days, which is also the final days of Game of Thrones, Benioff said there were executives who proposed like, so the final season of Game of Thrones, why don't you shoot it vertically so it will work on phones? And why don't we have the episodes instead of being like an hour long? What if they're like five minutes long a piece and we do it like that? Which is wild that a don't under uh, underestimate the ability of people in powerful corporate positions to look at the business they're supposed to be in and completely misunderstand what makes it appealing 
and what people like about it and to suggest yeah. things like, hey, what if this show that's been on the air for six to seven seasons and is the darling of people everywhere and everyone's watching it? What if we change everything about it the last minute, you know, for phones? Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Yeah, so I want to come back around to this phone thing later because I have thoughts about this relevant to Avatar. Um, oh, but wow. yeah, yeah, I saw an interesting thing about this. But so tabling that for now, man, it's just such a clear example of you know these companies are making art, they're making television, they're making movies. Yeah. But the more the executives get involved in that, sometimes it can just go real off the rails as people start pitching just things that will make them money. Um, and yeah, it's hard to think of a more egregious example of how that could be bad than the idea of taking the final few seasons of Game of Thrones and making them snackable mini episodes for phones. Um and that's also, so that's pretty far away from what Benioff and Weiss originally wanted to do, which they also talked about a bit in this interview that they had originally pitched doing a trilogy of movies to end the series, which we knew, like we've heard them. Yeah. yeah I that's think been, we've heard around. them say this before. George R.R. R. Martin spilled the beans about this back when Thrones was on the air. And he he said he he thought he might have gotten in trouble for saying it because he he, he basically that. said that that was the, right. the plan was finish it with the trilogy of movies. Um, but that Benioff and Weiss were reined in by HBO. They didn't think it was fair to expect people to go to theaters. HBO stands for home box office, not away box office, Benioff and Weiss were told. Um, I almost, so uh, one thing I'm I'm kind of curious about your opinion on this, Dan, because Benioff and Weiss said part of the reason they liked a new platform to work with like Netflix is because they have more flexibility to, to try different formats. Or stability. Like, yeah, I, like, I don't know that, I don't know why HBO wouldn't have had them make like at home movies. You know what I mean? Like, like why wouldn't they have done three long TV specials? Do you think that would have been madness? I think it would have been stupid. Like I fully agree okay. with the idea that they should have kept it to TV. Um, I think yeah. it just makes the most sense. And to this day, I still, I can, we have not gotten a clear answer as to whether they wanted to turn the last two seasons into movies, the last season into a movie, or make movies in addition to the last season that they then collapsed. It's the last two. The last season. I'm pretty There's sure they been, said it was the last two. In this interview, that's what the Wall Street Journal said they said, but there have been other ah. other times that this story has been brought. I went back and checked. Like People have said different things. There's Because it was in like that Tinderbox book about HBO, like mm -hmm. the New Frontiers yeah, thing. Yeah. They said they implied that it was like an addition to the last two seasons, and then they didn't change the number of episodes. And I also heard it from hmm. somewhere else last season. I, as far as I'm concerned, that mystery is still open. Um, okay, but I Fair. I do not like the idea of making movies the TV show. Like I agree with HBO there. I think that was the right call. But um, well, I they okay, go ahead. Well, what did you think of the season four finale of Stranger Things? Because that's basically what they did was they made a Stranger Things movie for the finale. It was two and a half hours. Um, I feel like Thrones could have totally pulled something like that off. It would have been ahead of its time because, you know, Thrones is long episodes like The Long Night are kind of what paved the way for Stranger Things to eventually yes, do are. that. 
but I, yeah. So maybe it's just that the time wasn't right. I feel like if that show was airing now and it got to that point, it probably could have done movie length features. Hey, I don't know if it would have been better for it. The Stranger Things finale was dumb too. I thought that should have been episodes How as well. How dare you? How dare that? I, it was, I love the Stranger Things out for of control. I'll die on this hill. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, it's it's a moot point. And I, I think we're yeah. going to see that happen. If, if TV studios were smart, they'll insist on episodes and rein in the bloat a bit. But I'm not in a studio, as I always say. I should be, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, and Benny FOY said that part of the reason they left HBO, I think one of our commenters pointed it out. Yeah, Ben Jack. It was because of this sort of instability. Like, okay, mm -hmm. yesterday we're making TV. Today, AT&T is asking us to make it for phones. Tomorrow, yeah. we're being sold somewhere else. Who knows? So let's go to Netflix, yep. where at least we can be uh, have a bit more predictability, although that could change too in the near future, which um does does shed some Makes more sense. light on, on, on the end of the show. Okay. Yeah. Agree. Any other thoughts? Because uh, Robert Harris loved the finale. I liked it too. I think there's a way to make epic television without turning television into movies. Um, it can be done. I know how to do it. And uh, <laughs> call me. It, it, please, everybody, call me. Everybody uh, who 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 has power over these things. I, and uh, I mean, you're not wrong. I don't. There, like there is a the way movie. to do it. And I think that's yeah, the best I, way to do it. I'm watching. I'm not watching movie. I'm watching a TV show. I liked the transit finale. I did those Game of Thrones episodes were really, really long. I thought we're pushing it. I thought the final season should have been would have been better if those had been divided into into proper episodes, like the last episode or mostly the last episode. I guess could have been <laughs> fleshed out like two halves instead of this one kind of awkward. I can't believe we're talking about the Game of Thrones finale. We shouldn't be doing that. We are. We should be this moving is, on to talk about. This is like we're two. Icarus flying too close to the sun here. Yeah, let's go to safer, uh, sandier planets and talk about Doom because, it, yeah, I like that Stranger Things is kind of towing the line between television and movies with its final season. But your point stands. Um, but I think you're right. We could, it, it's courting madness to talk about the Thrones finale. Ertak in the comments says, uh, hey, Dan. Hey, Daniel. So glad to see you talking about Dune 2. So now here we are. Dan, you have seen Dune 2. I'm not going to see it till I'm going tomorrow night to see it in oh, IMAX. Nice. Um, what are your thoughts here? Spoiler free thoughts. Don't spoil anything for us. Okay, yeah. no, you're the only Most one here that's seen it. How did you feel? Uh, short answer stoked? is I really enjoyed it. So Dune Part yes. 2, obviously sequel to Dune Part 1, an adaptation <gasps> of the 1965 classic sci-fi novel by Frank Herbert, spawned a whole generation of sci-fi novels. Star Wars doesn't exist without Dune. There's a lot of influence all over it. A lot of things don't exist yeah. without Dune. Um, Sandy Planet, Paul Atreides, Timothy Chalamet is <laughs> a, uh, uh, a, a royal sign of a great space house. Um, his mm -hmm. father is killed. His whole house is killed by the vile Harkonnens. He and his mother are cast out into the sands of Arrakis, must fend for themselves with the native Fremen people. And so we pick up. And again, the short answer is very strong. Um, it is a visually spectacular movie. I'll start with okay. that, which is why I think it does benefit. I, so the screening I saw was at IMAX. Um, and it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's the, the way that Villeneuve and his cinematographer, whose name is Casey, but he's really, really good. They have like some of these shots that have such depth to them, like in this big mm -hmm. open desert where you can see the figures in the foreground playing out drama. And then the, it goes way, 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 way. The background goes way, 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 way back into the just the hills of rolling dunes. There was one scene where Timothy Chalamet, oh. Paul Atreides, and uh, Zendaya, who plays the lovers of Chani, are like having a conversation and they kiss, romance moment. And I, I like welled up a bit because like it's a good camera, but also it's just so beautiful. The way the camera was like swinging around them and you saw the whole expanse of the desert. It was just, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very pretty movie. Um, That's cool. The, the costume. Fraser, Greg I Fraser, believe yeah. is the name. He's yeah, great. 
Good it work. It seems right like the here. visuals are are incredible for this. Yeah, and this the on location stuff is just oh, and there's some giant big old sandworms. This is a it's a grim, serious, moody picture. That's the sure. kind of the 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 Dune brand. It was not quite as like, you know, um, zippy as Star Wars. Although they do bring in some humor. Javier Bardem as Stilgar has a lot of like uh, deadpan one-liners. Hmm. You might not expect that, but okay, he does. that's uh, fun. I love again. That's a great shot of the sandworms. Just the the massive scale of it comes through. Yeah. The sound design is great too. Um, and if, if you've read Dune, I'm not spoiling it, but also the book has been around for like 60 years. So I don't know. Um, Timothy Chalamet agrees of, with you. Spoilers are, they don't make any sense. Who cares with Dune? There are things they change. There are things they alter. Okay. But, uh, in general, this is Paul Atreides becoming the messianic leader of the Fremen and waging war yeah. against the, uh, Harkonnens who stole his family and his uh, livelihood from him and i think the the movie does a good it really focuses in on what frank herbert always said was the theme of his dune books which is the danger of putting your faith in a charismatic leader yeah uh which if you read into it apparently he was like scared of jfk which seems like a weird thing to huh. be but, you know he didn't have foresight uh, and so <laughs> Paul Atreides is like his take on JFK, more or less. Someone who can inspire people to, 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 to make great horrors. I thought the movie was at its best in the final third when okay. that theme really kind of ramps up and he hammers home the message of Paul is very powerful and has this hold over people, but the power is also very dangerous and hard to control. And Chalamet gives a great performance. There's this one speech cool. scene where he kind of uh, orates like this 10-minute speech in a made-up language that, of course, David J. Peterson wow. created the Fremen of language. Course. Obviously, Game of Thrones guy is on this. Who the guy who makes the Rocky and Valerian, they hired him to make yeah. the Fremen language. Because he gets all the jobs like that. He does. Uh, he did the Hollywood. language on Halo, too, for the Covenant. <laughs> Halo is a language? <laughs> cool. Yeah. Nice. By yeah. David J. Peterson. Good for him. So that was a very powerful scene. And just um it, it's two hours forty minutes. It's um which I thought it was longer for some reason. It'll be like three hours. It went by fast. I didn't feel like it I was kind of cool. wanting more at the end. I it's fun to see all the big name actors here. Denny Villanova's a guy who appreciates the power of a movie star in an era where that's kind of fading, where he yeah. wants like Florence Pugh's face to be as big a special effect as a sandworm coming out of the ground, if that makes sense. And he works hmm. to make you feel that. It's effective. Like, you feel there are That's cool. important things happening when you watch these people whose names you know in opulent costumes really get across their lines. I like that aspect of it, too. It was just really, really good. It was a good movie, and yeah. I think it has a chance of blowing the hell up. I have high hopes for it to crush at uh, this weekend's box office. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously we're biased as sci-fi and fantasy nerds, but I think there's a pretty good chance this is going to be one of, if not the biggest movie of the year. It, you know, the star power, the hype, the, the fact that it's a sequel to a movie that people liked. So there's already that buy-in of this, and it's an iconic franchise. Yeah, um, what you said about the the star power and and Denny Villeneuve knowing how to use that almost like a special effect is, is a fascinating take because I almost wonder if that's part of the reason people are, you know, he got a lot of people to work with him for this movie. Um, I think, I can't remember who it was, uh, Zendaya maybe, who said, you know, when they make, whatever they do, do in part three, of course she's on board. She'll say yes oh. to anything he calls her for, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because you know, some people like Timothy Chalamet are getting their their face like very front and center, like you said. But mm -hmm. there's also people like Charlotte Rampling in these movies 
who plays the the reverend mother of, of the Bene Gesserit, who was in the you first did. movie. And I thought that was an interesting thing because she was cast. She's this really legendary actor and all of her scenes, she had her face covered. So it's like he knows how to use those star power, you know, face shots, but also isn't reliant on them just for the sake of them. They're always serving the story in some way. Um, so what I'm hearing here is you think there's been a lot of just like rave reviews of this. You think those are deserved um, Dune part two. I was just going to say, because Martha said, now I, I want to see Dune part two. Um I know I was raving back there. I liked it a lot. I will say if if Dune Part One wasn't your thing, like this isn't going to be yeah. your thing either. It's like yeah, it's that's not fair. like it, it's that different. And there were parts where I liked the first bit. I thought there were some kind of awkward middle, like Act Two parts where they were kind of transitioning because the first act is very much Paul in the desert, uh, learning the ways of the Fremen. This clip is already out there, so it's not a spoiler. How 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 do you ride a sandworm? Paul's gonna find ah, out. Yeah, and then the the back half is kind of where everything hits the fan, and in the middle they kind of have to set up some things. I was kind of bored in the middle of it, um, but it's 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 definitely a strong movie, and it deserves accolades for its ambition and how much yeah. energy, creative energy, not only the director but the cast and the crew bent toward making it happen. It's it's kind of like the best possible version of a kid coming up to you and saying, like, look at what I drew, put it on the fridge. And they drone like the Mona Lisa. It's like it really feels <laughs> like they, they 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 put a lot of effort and joy and love into this and that's a, creepiness. That's there are some eerie parts, too. I um again, I, I don't I won't spoil anything, but Paul's mother, Lady Jessica um, and Aaliyah, Paul's sister and how that all shakes out is. Oh, uh, otter than it, it is in the book, but effective. They change that's that saying something because that's an well, odd. Believe me, that's when an you'll odd see part it, of the book too. You'll know what I mean. Okay, um, I fully believe that. And it was said that I, I can't talk about Taylor Joy. Um, no, nah, you can't you know, spoil it. Okay. I I have a feeling I kind of know what you mean. You are we'll talk wrong. about it next week. All right, I hope so. Uh. But next week we'll all have seen it, so we can do the full spoiler chat. Dune Part Two. Yeah. Um, let me. So let me ask you. Um, how did you feel about Austin Butler as Fade? He's Rafa? great. Yeah, having cool. a great time. Um, I mean, it's always fun to play the villain, right? You get to uh, kind of gnash scenery a bit more than other people, so he gets to yeah. sneer and um, you know, slash throat to the bandit and talk in a gravelly voice, kind of like I'm talking now. And uh, just be a wicked, vile, uh, barely human being. And he clearly takes a lot of dark joy in it. Honestly, yeah. the 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 scene set on Gaty Prime, the Harkonnen homeworld, where it's all it like it, it's all kind of like it's all washed it's out. It's all black and white, black and white because they have a black sun. Yeah, I almost thought. Oh, was that's cool. Too visually just like too stylized. Like they 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 really go all out to imagine a very unique aesthetic for that part of the movie. And it was cool. It was fun. Interesting. But I don't know. But perhaps it's just because I, I always pictured Fade Rautha as uh, sexy. Sting in a Speedo. I guess. <laughs> that's where my mind is. And um, they wanted to focus him more on bald, uh, um, hairless, uh, 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 albino monster. Which is also fun. He was good. He was yeah. really good. Everyone's good. Cool. No, th there is no weak link in the cast, unlike this next show we're going to talk about, which is Avatar: The Last Ooh. Air. Do you Oof. have any other thoughts on Doom before we move on? Um, just that I'm really intrigued. I, I can't wait to see it. Like uh, Valoria says in the chat, I also enjoyed Dune Part One more on the rewatch, especially the dream sequences. Um, those did distract me on my first watch of Dune. And on the rewatch, I really, really enjoyed them. All of Paul's little prophetic, you know, glimpses at what was to come. Um, I'm really curious. I cannot wait. This is like my most anticipated movie of the year. Can't wait for Dune Part 2. Um, yeah, we can leave it at that. I, I think I'm really curious to see Getty Prime 
Um, Yes. I will say about about the prescience, the Paul's dream sequences, the flash forwards, that was a hard thing for me to get my head around in the book. I remember it's Mm. kind of like this sort of esoteric idea that it's was hard for me to understand why he kept slowing down and talk about it. I think this movie does a better job than any other version I've seen because it's so important to Paul's character. But it it's is such it a is. slippery idea to get your head around, and this movie goes further with it. But I, honestly, I still don't think it really completely nails the horror of what the prescient visions mean. But it grapples okay. with them in a way that no other adaptation, I think, has as successfully. So again, good cool. movie. Curious to hear people's takes on it when it opens in a couple of days. Ooh, and Robert yeah. Harris says. Uh oh, and uh, but by the way, Valorius three thousand. He does not sound like Elvis. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank I God! I feel like Austin Butler <laughs> is, is one of those actors who like does a different voice for every role. He's very like method kind of guy. So it's yes, he is. If if you think of Elvis when watching this, either the Elvis movie was very different than I thought it was. I didn't see it, or uh, <laughs> he's failed in a big way. Okay. Should we move on to talk about yeah. The Last Airbender? We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We yeah. Really do. Let's talk about Avatar because I think we both have some thoughts on this. Some things we liked, some things we didn't like. I think yeah. the, you know, Avatar has kind of gotten a mixed reception with most people agreeing it's fine. <laughs> I think we probably both fall into that camp. What are your yeah, thoughts here, it. Dan? You you want to you want to Give your opening um, opening spiel for Avatar. Sure. So uh, that, thank you. That was the word Avatar. I wanted. Uh, Nicole said it, I think, very well. She just finished watching Avatar The Last Airbender. I liked the visuals and had some nostalgia with wall watching. But it did have some weak dialogue and acting. But yeah, it did. Yeah. This is the definition of mixed bag. Which totally. Th- there's an irony to it because... Okay, so here's the central irony of Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix for me. This probably cost Netflix a lot more money than it cost Nickelodeon to make the original Avatar The Last Airbender series back Mm -hmm. in the mid-2000s. And so much of it, while I wouldn't call it bad, so much of it is just reduced. And maybe it plays better for someone who's never seen this before, Avatar The Last Airbender being set in this sort of high fantasy world inspired by East Asian cultures and indigenous cultures. You can control the elements, you know, fire, water, earth, air, all that Mm -hmm. good stuff. Uh, A little bald child named Aang is the avatar. You can control all four. You got to save the world. Q quest to save the world. Bunch of earnest teenagers going to save the world and teenagers uh, should be a good time. And the original show achieved this sort of alchemical, um, combustion where it had the right amount of humor the right amount of action the right amount of sincerity with fairly deep characters especially for a cartoon and really for anything that actually grew as they went and a lot of those beats are here a lot of those beats are transferred to the netflix show but they're in live action and most of them just don't work quite as well um yeah which is to say they work badly I have enjoyed parts of this. I even missed it up at parts of it. Uh, but there are other parts I don't like. It just didn't really hit for me. It, it's <sighs> What do you think? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I think pretty along pretty similar lines. Um, there were moments where I, you know, found myself enjoying it more than I expected to because I went into this with pretty low expectations. A lot of the, the early reviews were pretty bad for it. Um, I think... You know, I've been watching it and then bouncing back and forth to the cartoon to kind of compare them. And I agree with what you said that that they've kind of like they've pulled a lot of important things and even some lesser important things that they just liked as fans. So they included from the cartoon. And I really appreciate that. But there's a lot of stuff where they just, you know, they streamline things in ways that are just kind of. I'm hesitant to say lame because that's reductive, but like, so for example, the spirit world episode, which is right in the middle of the season, which is where I am in the cartoon, like 
there kind of is this cascade effect of Aang failing to fix the problem and realizing different layers of it throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't know everything. He's finding it out as he goes. And in the yeah. cartoon, he just explains everything. Like there is no trial and error. There's no learning. There's no discovery. He's just like, I'm Aang and I know this stuff, which I feel like they tried to adult this up and make it more dour and darker and a little grimmer. And they kind of have lost the like childlike wonder of Avatar because the whole point of at least the early part of the show is Aang really just wants to be a kid. He really Mm -hmm. just wants to go ride the elephant koi and instead he has to save the world. And what does that look like when a 12 year old has to grapple with that? And the show just totally jettisoned that. They, They were not interested in that as a plot development, I think. And I really don't like that very much. Um, even if there are elements of the show I like, I think the the guy who plays Sokka in particular so is doing good. a fantastic job. Yeah, he's he is my favorite casting. Uh, mm-hmm. Dallas Liu, I think, who plays Zuko, is also great. Also quite I'm good, also yeah. really enjoying him. Um, and I think the show has given Zuko. I they've almost made him too sympathetic out of the gate for my taste because part of what makes yeah. Zuko's turn so powerful. Spoiler alert, Zuko is not always a straight antagonist in Avatar, um, is that he is at the start. Like, he's awful at the start of the show, which makes it more powerful as he goes through personal changes. And mm-hmm. they've kind of moved that stuff up a little bit. And I'm I'm torn on that. Uh, so that's I don't mind it because I think the Zuko, I think it still works. I thought the Zuko yeah, it was, does. I thought the Zuko stuff was, was some of the better stuff. You're, you're right. Mm-hmm. He is being portrayed as more sympathetic up front, but he's still, you know, working to capture Aang. Um, and I like the performance and I liked his backstory. Yeah, but but yeah, but you are right. It is telegraphing where it's going more clearly. And I agree with you about Ian Osley as Sokka. He's great. He really does hit so good. That, like this balance between being a wacky sidekick quip machine and a denser character who has insecurities and flaws and things yeah. that like about himself it it, it 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 goes well it's it's he's funny but not so funny that it's obnoxious or kind of breaks you out of the illusion he's he's very good the yeah. guy who plays ang is just a kid so i don't want to be too hard on him yeah I, and it's partially the writing you. too um yes i feel that way about katara that I'm not crazy about Katara in the show, and I can't tell how much of that is. Again, I don't want to rag on child They're actors. Just, like, doesn't seem to be as much. But I can't tell how much is the material. Yeah, the Katara in the cartoon has a lot more material. Mm-hmm. You get she is a much more three dimensional character, I think, than in the live action, which is kind of crazy. Um, like she definitely has just so much more personality in the cartoon. A lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Avatar I think is a mixed bag. Um, what I wanted to bring up, so t- going back to AT and T, wanting snackable oh, Game yeah. of Thrones episodes. Where's this going? So I saw a th- yeah, I saw a thread on Twitter that pointed this out that it part of so Avatar's framing is a little weird. It's been kind of bugging me a little bit. I'll, everything is very centered. There aren't really very experimental shots in Avatar using different angles or framing mm. and things like that. And someone pointed out that they thought this was partially because to preserve a um, 9 by 16 vertical image on every shot. So basically in in filming, it used to be that they would, um, I think it's called like filming to protect for like 4 by 3. So essentially, no matter what you filmed, if it had a wider aspect ratio, you would make sure that the main image would also work on a 4 by 3 television. and shoot for the box, as producer Richard said. Uh, so with Avatar, it seems like this show did that, but for phones. So they have safeguarded, they have filmed it in such a way that you could overlay a phone and watch the whole thing on there, and the image would still work. And I I, I just, I really don't like that. I think it makes for just less engaging and, and interesting imagery, even though a lot of like the digital backgrounds are nice and things like that. Um, once you've seen it, because I saw a Twitter thread where someone overlaid a phone thing onto Avatar and showed huh. that it actually did work. Um, 
I just, I'm not a fan of that. And it made me think of that Benioff and Weiss interview, knowing that AT&T asked them for that. And like Netflix has people who watch it on phones. So, and TikTok and stuff like that. So they, it seems like there are elements of the production that got kneecapped by those sorts of demands. Um, like there's some of the costuming and wigs and things like that, that also seem a little rushed. I, I will never, I haven't even seen the episodes with princess UA. I will never I forgive them for them. UA, yeah. I, I love Amber mid thunder. She was the star of prey. She's she an amazing good. actress. Good. I'm glad she was good. I'll never forgive them for giving her such a stupid looking wig, even though it looks like the cartoon. It's just, uh, so well, yeah, like, there's my gripes. <laughs> what's interesting is that, but by the way, that's all really cool because um, I hadn't heard that, but sort of like Ben Jack, he says it makes sense because the lack of point of view photography yeah. was the biggest complaint. I didn't really notice, but I mean, I knew that the visuals hadn't really jumped out at me. They look fine. They look much better than the 2010 yeah. movie version or anything. Like totally, good. special effects looks good. Totally, everyone looks more or less good. But yeah, I guess just a, it, it's it's it, it limits your ability to really impress people with a particularly choreographed and arranged shot if you're limited that way. Um, I mean, if that happened for TV for decades, it's probably, it makes sense it would happen for phones now. And I guess, I bet folk can find a way to be creative within those bounds, but maybe it's sure. on this early stage is going to be hard. Um, yeah, the wig I thing, agree with okay, that. I had two quick thoughts, because we're going to move on to the next thing too, because other things to talk about. Can you believe that? How much did we talk about today? Um, a lot today. Again, this is mean, but I was watching Amber Midthunter as Princess Yue. The wig is ridiculous, true. Um, and my two thoughts were, I kind of wish she'd been cast as Katara because I was like, she's pretty good. I hadn't been exposed to her before. I know that you knew who she was. She's but awesome. I'm watching these episodes yeah. and I'm like, she seems to have an easier time expressing different feelings and emotions from minute to minute. I kind of wish she was Katara. Um, the other thought was, bleh. it's cool to compare this to a show like One Piece, a Netflix show, which is also a anime to live yes. action type show, where I feel like it got away with being more cartoony, because it has to, because the powers there are a little more absurd. And um, it's more successfully melded like the anything goes nature of a cartoon with the more grounded aesthetic of a live action show. And the last Airbender show can't quite seem to figure out how to successfully marry those two things. And, and it's because yes, of a lot of problems. It, it's it's not just the costumes where, yeah, the wig stands out as like a what is going on there kind of moment. But just the 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 pace a little off. The scripts could have used a couple more uh, rewrites. They I think. absolutely I was, could. OK, again, this is my last comment because we have to move on. But um, okay. you, you you mentioned earlier that uh, that 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 you were annoyed that they took out Ang's sort of um child childish wanderlust, just do it do whatever yeah. anything. The thing that killed me though is they gave him this new grim dark mission: get to the water trap before it gets blown up, and then he stops along the way anyway, just because yeah. he wants to, because he wants to visit his old friend or wants to help these this village. Like it was pointless. It's from a writing yeah. perspective, completely pointless. They just could have said, let's go to the Northern Water Tribe so we can learn water bending. Great. And then they stop along the way because they have the latitude to do that. Because why wouldn't you stop along the way? But it's so awkward because because they add in this vision thing. Not only do they stop anyway, now every time he has to say, I know we have to go to the Northern Water Tribe for my vision, prevent the war. But we need to stop here for a minute, too. It's just so awkward. You don't need to make that. He has to make excuses now for why he's stopping, which is yeah. uh, frustrating. That was that was bad. Yeah, just I think that's a silly little task. It's a, totally unnecessary because they could have just justified it by saying he does still need to learn bending. And the waterbenders at the Northern Water Tribe are the only ones around. Um Problem solved. Pretty easy. Uh, so, yeah, I I agree with you. I do think I got the feeling the script really could have used a few more uh, polish passes as well. Um, just the sheer amount of exposition and kind of just hand fisting in things I didn't think quite worked. Um, so uh, just very quickly, I love Amber Mid Thunder. She probably would have mm -hmm. been great as guitar, but I think she's too old 
personally, um, because she's, you know, she's like in her twenties. Um, I'm, I believe, but she's a, an amazing actress. If you haven't seen Prey, Dan, you should watch Prey because she is spectacular in that. And she also is a mixed martial artist. So she has like fight backgrounds to do the bending Ooh. and stuff. Um, I don't remember what the other thing was. So maybe we should move on because uh, people are saying JP says you guys also need to add Shogun and JP Yes, we do. We're going to talk about it in just a second because I have seen Shogun and it's fantastic. So, yeah. oh, do you want to move on? A twist? Yeah, Daniel, what it's are we on the watching? Docket. What are you watching? Well, uh, Shogun. <laughs> yeah. um, the the first two episodes of Shogun dropped on Hulu and FX yesterday. I watched them partially because I just keep hearing people talk about how good this show is. So I was curious and. Yeah, Robert Harris, it is BA. Uh, Shogun was so, so good. Um, honestly, probably, so yeah. setting aside the Avatar hate and the this is profoundly mid but not bad, Shogun, I went into it with sky-high expectations and it surpassed them. It's one of the, the better starts to a show that I can think of in recent years. Um, have you watched any, Dan? Not yet. I'm going to because everyone says it's, it's wonderful. Although Nicole says that she liked it, was confused throughout. Hope it gets clearer as it goes. Daniel, do you think it's confusing? What is it to this accusation? I don't. So here's what I would say to this. I don't, I wasn't confused, but I can totally understand if people might get confused because Shogun does not talk down to the audience. It is a show that kind of, yeah, Benjack says, I think like Dune, it's helpful to rewatch. I haven't rewatched, but I would agree with that just on premise. Shogun is very clearly, I think, a show that is made for close watching. There are a lot of things it doesn't outright spell out for you. There's a lot of Japanese cultural stuff that there was a very clear um, drive to do very authentically. Uh, Hiroyuki, uh -huh. Hiroyuki Sanada, who plays the main character, who was just on screen a second ago, he was also one of the producers on the show. So he would like do his scenes and then he would change into casual clothes and consult on mm -hmm. everything. So they clearly made like a very huge effort to make this like an authentic Japanese period piece. And like, cool. I would say like 85% of it is in subtitles. Um, and yeah, like Valoria says, the Portuguese politics is off screen, so it's a little hard to pick up on. And that's true. There are like some historical things about what Portugal and Spain were doing in this time period that the show kind of gradually introduces you to. So there's a lot to digest. But personally, I like that. Like it, it is a dense, clearly very researched, what really, really well written piece of historical fiction. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're doing a fantastic job in my opinion. If you like, like the last kingdom, I would say, or game of Thrones, because similarly, it kind of throws you in off the deep end. The politics reminded me of game of Thrones because, mm -hmm. um, the main Lord played by Sonata is very much like a, um, a Ned Stark type character where there's a power vacuum with a bunch of different Lords. He gets the offer to step into it. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Then there will be war and then things escalate anyway. Um, there's some cool language barrier stuff that happens because like there's, a, there's an English character who washes up in Japan. That's kind of like the start of the story. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shogun is great. I, I cannot recommend it enough. If you're listening to this podcast because you like, Shows like The Last Kingdom and Game of Thrones and Black Sails and Outlander, give it a chance because I did not, I expected to like it. I didn't expect to love it as much as I do because it really was excellent. So that's my, my rant. Go watch Shogun. Watch I'm going to watch cool. it. Cool. I'm curious to hear what you think. I hope I, I haven't overhyped it. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I thought it was overhyped when I went in and I ended up, you know, yelling at my TV and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh -oh. really recommend it. Uh, fantasy fan has a question for you and keep your aunt. Oh, I, I think, I think we have a lightning round on this. Okay. Fantasy fan table that thought Daniel will get to express himself for 20 seconds <laughs> on yes. this topic in the lightning round. Um, that's cool. Um, I will check out Shogun. I will do it. Just didn't have time it. last night, but I shall. Why? Uh, oh, the 
I was just seeing Dune. Sorry, I was busy. Yeah, just maybe. Priorities. Um, so the the only other thing I'm watching at the moment, beyond all these things, because I'm going to go see Dune tomorrow on Final Fantasy Day. So I'm going to be delayed starting it because of Dune. <laughs> Worth it. busy day for you. It, it, yo, this week is nuts. Um, but uh, Halo is the other show I'm watching. The new episode of that drops tomorrow. I haven't seen the new one yet. Yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight, I think, because I have screeners for that. But um, it's I will say Halo has been (laughs) kind of the opposite of Avatar. Like Halo just keeps kind of like slightly exceeding my expectations. Um, And last week's episode was a pretty good one. Uh, last week they did the fall of reach which is this huge mm-hmm. invasion of like one of the main human planets and uh it was there were some heart-wrenching moments and some really good fight scenes so uh halo season two is definitely better than the first one good i'm glad um i wonder if it's too late for it to get like a toehold on um the public imagination but i guess we'll uh see maybe you can help well yeah yeah, I think we'll find out. Um, it's kind of like filling that void of like, you know, sci-fi shows like kind of like Battlestar Galactica, like those kinds of like good, sure. like solid TV sci-fi shows. There may yeah. be like, you know, a hole here or there or a plot line you like less or more than some other ones. But like Fantasy Fan said, the last episode was fantastic. I totally agree with that. It was probably the best episode of the show so far. Um, so if if it keeps that up and it ends on a high note in season two, hopefully it'll keep going and just get better from here. But I, I think they're doing some better than expected stuff with Halo this year. Love it. The great hope of Paramount Plus. All right, Daniel, as yeah. we round uh, the corner into the end of the show here, should we take a lap around the Wick News lightning round or we take 20 seconds and give our opinions on stories we didn't get time to discuss in the main episode, the main body of the show. I think we should probably do that. Yeah, a lap around the lightning round. I hate mixed metaphors. I can never find a good one. For this. <laughs> you right. did that one to yourself. Yeah, I did. I just, I, I just figured <laughs> dive in. It, it's not like it seems to really matter that much. All right, Daniel, we're gonna kind of do this dynamically because there are some things that I wanted to ask you specifically, but I didn't put them in order. So we're gonna have to figure it out as we go. Um, I'm fine with that. So let me ask. I'll ask you, want me you, to ask you this first. No, I'm going to go with you okay. first. Okay. Okay. Um, Daniel. Ooh. Hey, check it out. Yes. It's, it's Amelia Clark and her mother, Jennifer getting an order of the British empire honor from Prince William of England for their work on Amelia Clark's same you charity, which helps with brain damage individuals. Yeah. yeah so, so, uh, Amelia Clark suffered some brain aneurysms during her work on Game of Thrones. Since it's ended, she started this charity with her mother standing next to her, and it's getting some recognition, helping other people with brain conditions. So that's really wonderful. Um, they had a great time at the at the palace, I guess. Uh, Amelia Clark had some fun things to say about it. She said her mom, uh, she was surprised her mom didn't invite Prince William to join the board. So they clearly had a good time. Um Ooh. Yeah, nice to see. Uh, so, d- okay, Dan, you have to explain this one because I know literally nothing about it and I want the deets. So apparently a Hermione Draco fanfic called uh-huh. Monocled by Sen Lin Yu is being rewritten into a proper novel similar to Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, explain oh, this for Dan, us. It's not called Monocled. It's called Manacled because it's a little kinky. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're out of the story, right? That there's a Twilight fan fiction became Fifty Shades of Grey. This is a Harry Potter fan fiction. It's very, very popular. It's going to be turned into a proper novel. So they'll just get rid of all the Harry Potter stuff, change the names, change the setting, and it'll be a book. That's that's what it is. Just interesting to see the kind of thing happening again and maybe be as successful. We'll see. I'm a little sad it's not Monocle now. That'd be a whole different sort of book. We're out of time. I can't tell you what the plot is like, but okay. Uh, Daniel, here's a fun one. Yes. Um, Amazon Prime Video has reportedly leaked false rumors about what's going to happen in the Rings of Power Season 2. Do we talk about this? All right. My off the cuff is 
why did they think we cared enough that they needed to dupe us? Uh, no. But so remember when we heard that Tom Bombadil was Morgoth suffering uh, fates and being reborn? That was probably a fake rumor. Amazon leaked because they had leaky leak leak people on their set and they wanted to get outlets reporting false news. Because if there's one thing we definitely need in this day and age, it's more false news. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Um <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Jeff Bezos and Amazon, uh, The Boys season four finally got a release date announced. It's coming out June 13th. Good. I know that you have cooled a bit in this series, perhaps because I didn't watch Gen V. I'm still excited for it. I like The Boys a lot. I like um, how it kind of plays so such a violent game for superheroes. I like how cynical it is. I like how funny it is. I like that it uh, just really walked its own path. I'm looking forward to the fourth season. I'll watch the fourth season. It's been just rock solid throughout, and I still like it. Yay, Homelander, cool. you crazy person, you crazy man. Back in my life. <laughs> okay, I'm going to skip one down and ask you the question we yeah, all want to know it. the answer to. Daniel, the video game called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, is coming out tomorrow, I think. It's got a yes, really high Metacritic score. People love it. You now can talk about it for 20 seconds. Clock rolls down. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out tomorrow. It is currently the second highest Final Fantasy rated on Metacritic of all time after Final Fantasy IX. Um, I can't wait for this. Of course, I'm going to play the hell out of it. I played Remake so many times. I grew up with the original. So yeah, cannot could not be more excited. It seems like it's getting great reviews. Not good thing. PlayStation just laid off like 900 employees. Way to dampen the mood right before Final Fantasy comes out. Thanks for nothing, Sony. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, sorry. I have to stop. But rebuttal. Sony didn't make the game. Square Enix did, right? Correct. Correct. That that is a separate but related story because it is a PlayStation exclusive. So Sony gets a cut from Final Fantasy. It dampens the excitement just a little bit. They laid off people from Guerrilla Games, which made Horizon, from Naughty Dog, which made The Last of Us, Insomniac, which made Spider-Man 2, all their big studios. I'm ruining the lightning round. Shall we carry on? It was my fault. I was, okay, yeah, yes. We, sorry, <laughs> okay. that was totally my fault. Totally it was fault. important. It was important to get that clarity, though. No, I appreciate that. Um, okay, uh, going back to this one. So True Detective has been renewed for season five with Night Country showrunner Issa Lopez returning. It has. I'm happy about it. Uh, Night Country Detective was a success. It was a writing success. It was a little loose in parts, but I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I thought it hung together. I enjoyed the ending a lot. I liked the mood. I liked the acting. I'm happy. I th- I'm curious to see what they can do now that they have experience from the belt of one season and how they can kind of um, ramp things up with another season. I think it's good news. I'll probably watch it when it comes out. And I wonder who they're going to cast. Okay. Yeah. Coming out of the end. Uh, okay. Daniel, which which of these two will I ask you? I will ask you this Surprise because I, I feel like you've seen more of the show than I have. Um, the showrunner of yeah. Foundation on Apple TV Plus, David Goyer, has left his role as showrunner, is now just a writer, in part because apparently Apple's trying to get down the budget of this sci-fi show going forward. Um, I think it's it's a little disconcerting just because they're in the middle of a season. So they filmed part of Foundation season three before the the writers and actors strikes. They're coming back to film more now. And David Goyer is, like you said, he's just going to be a writer. He apparently stepped down from showrunner over budgetary conflicts. Um, and I mean, Foundation looks incredible. It's clearly mm-hmm. a very expensive show. And I don't think it's moved the needle that much. So no, it hasn't. It's kind of understandable, I think. Um, it, the timing is just weird. Um, all right. Um, here we go. Our final bolt of lightning for the lightning round. Uh, Pedro Pascal won the Best uh-huh. Actor Award for The Last of Us at the SAG AFTRA Awards. Did you catch his speech, Dan? I watched the speech. I didn't, I didn't watch the awards because I have a life. But I mean, I saw the speech on Twitter. And YouTube, really cute. It was fun. He admitted to being drunk up when he uh, accepted <laughs> yeah. the award. He was crying. It was it was it was just really cute. Uh, nice. That guy can do no wrong. He might it's be true. like the most liked, currently huge actor 
on the planet. Everyone seems to like him. Good for him. Yeah. What a career. All right. And that is our show, everybody. Thanks for watching. We do this, if you didn't know, um, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winner's Coming Facebook page, the Winner's Coming YouTube page. And, you know, oh, oh, here we go. Uh, 3 p.m. on the East Coast, 1 p.m. in the mountains, noon on uh, the West Coast. And uh, we hope you guys come back for more. And we're also available in podcast form wherever podcasts are available, be it Google Play, iTunes, or elsewhere. And 6 a.m. in Melbourne or so, unless the time zones have changed. They might have. So nice. no, we don't have times everywhere in the world. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Enjoy talking with you, Daniel. And um, if Brandstock were a rapper, he might be called the Three-Eyed Flow. Bye, everybody. I Enjoy Dune Part 2, all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.